swallow your pride There's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky if you don't try to fly Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we're still unbreakable What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Today on the show, I have Mike Munsell. He is the functional fitness medicine consult. Um, he's known as Metabolic Mike on Instagram. He received his graduate degree in clinical nutrition. Um, he graduated from the Institute of IFM, applying functional medicine in his clinical practices. Uh, he has completed four of the six advanced practices modules, that's APM, to earn the only board certification in functional medicine. Mike conducts workshops and teaches leading edge science and healthcare practitioners and progressive clinicians on preventing chronic disease. Uh, He is the founder of High Intensity Health, a platform that offers podcast consulting e-courses and the latest breakthroughs in fitness, nutrition and functional medicine. Uh, In addition, Mike is the CEO of uh, Moxie Science, a supplement company that is focused on providing quality formulas that optimize your health and performance. So this guy, I could keep going. He's also written books. Um, you can find him on his website, highintensityhealth.com uh, and subscribe to his YouTube channel, High Intensity Health on the YouTube. I know after you listen to this podcast, you're going to want to go back and learn and listen even more on what this guy has to say. Uh, a lot for your gut health, a lot about, um, you know, we talk about mixing creatine, with electrolytes and how that can help absorption. All of this stuff is really, really intriguing and interesting to me because as you know, we all want to live our best lives and uh, listening to people like Mike can help you do that. So he's written some books and uh, he has another book coming up and just, you can stay in touch with him. This is his Instagram. It's metabolic underscore Mike, metabolic Mike on Instagram. Um, All right, Mike, let's bring him on Reborn. Metabolic Mike, welcome to the Reborn Podcast, man. It's great to have you on here. Yeah, I love your energy and um, everything like that you're doing. So, tell me a little bit about um, how you got to where you are today. Give the listeners a little bit of a kind of like a like a pre stage to to before you became Metabolic Mike. What did that look like? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think a lot of people whether it's fitness or health, we get into this with because we solved our, our own health challenges. And sure. so, um, you know, in college, I was really into fitness and, and bodybuilding and things like that, dabbled with some anabolic steroids, um, hurt my back deadlifting. And then I got really into competitive cycling because that was the only thing I could actually do to keep that intensity that I was used to because I, I had a low back injury. And I lost a lot of weight. Um, Back then, I didn't have much money in, in college, so I was buying all this soy protein, and uh, my testosterone levels were just in the gutter. So I went to like the school nurse, and she was like, "Oh, here's an SSRI. A lot of kids in your you know situation, they're depressed and and all this." And I thought, "Well, that's really not the the best solution." And I was actually studying biology, wanted mm-hmm. to had aspirations to go to med school. And I just I just want to pause you really quick. What is it that you said yeah. that she suggested that you take, or what was it that she just gave you? Yeah, it, it was an SSRI, so just an, an antidepressant. I think it was like for Prozac. And and I was like, I am definitely not going sure. to 
just jump into that. And, you know, I was learning how to do research and this is like 2003, 2004, um, and, and going to PubMed and all that and found all this research about overtraining syndrome and how, you know, excessive endurance athletics can actually decrease testosterone in athletes. And I'm like, mm. that is so weird that the nurse at the, you know, you know, university, you know, sort of medical center or whatever would just like give, recommend an antidepressant, but not ask me about my exercise or my diet. Sure. So then I started to get into this whole field of functional medicine. And um, when I graduated college, went on to get a master's degree in nutrition, but I was working at the same time and was working with doctors and actually was in outside sales, um, kind of like in pharmaceuticals, but more naturaceuticals. So I was working with integrative medical doctors and pharmacists and this and started to learn all about functional medicine and then eventually interviewed a lot of these people, then created Instagram and YouTube accounts. And, and that's how I got here. So, yeah, well, that's incredible. So. You, your experience, like, how did it make you feel whenever, like, obviously you were in a vulnerable position wanting to go to somebody who, like, you thought that you were obviously trusting them to help you. And um, it didn't make you feel very good because you're like, this can't be the answer, right? You knew that there had to be something else. Um, like, with your experiences then and your study, furthermore, after you were like, hey, like, this can't be right, like, you wanted to get into it more, when did it start clicking that there were more, that there, there was more out there and, like, the, um, everything that you discovered? And that's a great question. Um, I think just the, the, what I realized is doctors didn't ask a lot of questions. Mm. And I find that now that I've, I've been working with clients for the past 20 years is that's the common story is many doctors, you know, they have great intentions of going to medical school and helping patients get better, but the conventional training is just limited in its uh, tools in terms of being able to ask people deeper questions about nutrition and sure. lifestyle and environmental toxins and sleep and exercise habits. And then once I started to get to know the doctors who were actually doing this sort of work, whether it's functional medicine or integrative medicine or anti-aging medicine, whatever you want to uh -huh. call it, um, they're really digging deeper and that is what is creating health. And so it's really a, great for people to, to recognize. Um, and I think honestly, sometimes injuries or illnesses mm -hmm. are blessings in disguise mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they help you to uncover, um, some of the bad habits that people might have or mm -hmm. bad mindset mm -hmm. that is holding people back from achieving optimal health mm -hmm. or achieving that mental state to create the business or get out of a toxic relationship, whatever it is. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's just pretty amazing, you know, the way that um, we we can heal our bodies and in our, in our, you know, and um, you, you think patterns. that's you think uh, when you talk about like healing your bodies, do you think a lot of that has to do with nutrition and how we eat? Yeah, I think it's it's such a big factor. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously there's many roles there, right? You can eat a perfectly good diet, but if you're thinking negative thoughts or you're not getting good sleep sure. or not exercising, but yeah, I think diet is the foundation, especially as people get older. I just turned 40 this last year and, and I noticed like if I go out and have ice cream with my daughter or, you know, have a little pizza or something, I, I noticed like my joints tend to ache more. And so I think, um, yeah, nutrition, especially as you get older, I think in our 20s and 30s, we can get away with a lot mm -hmm. and think that it doesn't really matter. But, but as you get older, you need to eat even more clean because then things start to show up and manifest more. Yeah, well, th this is a really good segue into kind of, I'm wanting to pick your brain about this. This is my next question. Like, can you break down in your own, I guess, personal thoughts or what you think about like the American diet that we have now? What are your thoughts on all of that? 
Yeah, you know, I think too many people just eat ultra-processed foods, mm. and the data clearly shows this. About 54% of the calories that American adults eat is from ultra-processed foods. So from, you know, Pringles, you know, Cheez-Its, uh, Pop-Tarts, and breads and things like that. And it's just not congruent with our biology. It's creating mm. blood sugar irregularities. Mm -hmm. These foods are manufactured to be highly addictive. Um, they're not good for our gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. They're not good for uh, insulin sensitivity. And the research is, is quite you know, astounding if you sure. look at the prevalence of metabolic disease. And it varies based upon where people live in the country and so forth. But you know, there's only about 4% of American adults that are actually metabolically healthy. And so wow. they're at risk for cancer, dementia, mm -hmm. high blood pressure, cardiometabolic disease, and all of these ailments. And so, yeah, the challenge there is just we're so divorced from how food is grown, um, what humans would naturally eat. And it's very important to just get back to our roots, eat whole real foods. And, and there's all sorts of iterations on that. And I think this is where people can personalize their diet and their nutrition. Mm -hmm. If they want to be more plant-based, okay, fine, but eat whole real foods, mm -hmm. not just processed vegan foods. Mm -hmm. um, so I ascribe more to more like paleo diet type approach. And um, so I do have <clears> some <throat> grains periodically, but I soak and sprout, say, uh, I have some rice that I've been soaking for 12 hours and slowly cook it, have some bone broth in there and some animal wow. fat you know, have backyard chickens, eggs, grass-fed meat, things like that, mm. um, tubers, root vegetables. So um, you are you make... are you growing a lot of your, are you able to grow your own vegetables and stuff yet? Is that something that you're wanting to get into? Yeah, I started doing that in 2016. So I bought oh, this so you have that been... I live on. <laughs> okay, that's but... awesome. You're like way ahead of the game then. It's so fun. I mean, especially if you have children because you yeah. get them involved and you start to compost like your your food scraps. And mm. then we have the chickens, put the chicken manure in the garden. So, yeah, that's a I think that's an evolution. Not everyone can do that. Right. If you live sure. in a condo or an apartment or in a city, but even just going to the farmer's market on the mm -hmm. weekends mm -hmm. and getting to know the farmers or getting to know a local rancher. Sure. Um getting to know what's in season and mm -hmm. start to eat what's in season and, and what could be um, grown locally mm -hmm. in your environment just really helps you to connect with the food. And um, and then that takes the decision fatigue out. Like people are like, well, what should I eat? Mm -hmm. We'll just go to the farmer's market, see what's in season and and eat those things. Yeah. Um. So I have a question. So I have three boys Um. and you mentioned earlier that you have a daughter and eating ice cream. Um, how, and this is, this is like a great question because I know I, I have like a lot of young parents that listen to this show, how the kids always want the granola bars and the, you know, I want to say I have a pretty, uh, I have a pretty, like a pretty balanced, somewhat healthy of a household. We don't allow soda at all. Like we don't drink juice. We don't have chips. We don't have, you know, just like the super processed stuff. But I mean, of course, like we of course they're kids so my question to you is these parents i mean i think anyone who's listening to this and was like oh like i wouldn't want to be able to sprout my own um beans or to you know work with my rice i that sounds like a dream like i would love to do that but one i want to talk about like how do you integrate this lifestyle into your kids and and uh for um parents who are because there's a lot of homesteading right that's starting to come up so these parents who are like okay i'm going to start a small garden this summer um or i'm going to start like i want to start having uh you know grain specific you know not buying the processed stuff not buying canned beans but sprouting my own beans how do you work this lifestyle in with your kids yeah it's a, it's a great question i think just getting them involved is the first good step you know and having them go to the store with mm -hmm. you and and, and 
training them to start to look at the labels and just ask, you know, her name is Nez. Hey, Nez, how much sugar is in that? So she'll want to get a yogurt. I'm like, okay, well, which yogurt do you want? And I let her make the decisions and look at it. And I say, she'll pick one, say, oh my gosh, I want this one. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that, Nez, how much? It's 17 grams of sugar. Mm -hmm. Is that too much? She's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. 17 grams, mm -hmm. that's a lot. You know, so just getting them more engaged mm -hmm. and understanding that, um, you know, those how much sugar is in the label uh, or in the product and, and so forth. I think that's a good step. And then also with the cooking process, getting them involved is really good. So, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I understand parents are busy as well. Sure. Uh, a lot of people just, you know, order off, um, you know, Amazon Fresh or what have you. But um, I th and, and making the food taste good. And, and so that's the thing, too. So using spices, using real salt, using coconut aminos, mm -hmm. making it flavorful. Um, are, I, th I think, a great way um, to, to do that. And then also allowing them periodically to have, say, bad foods. Like at school, you know, if they have candy or kids give them Oreos, and then I ask, how did you feel mm, after? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I was I tired. Feel, or or my, oh, my gosh. stomach hurt, my belly hurt, or, yeah. Or I was craving more. Mm -hmm. and, and so you're like, yeah, those foods are manufactured to make you eat more mm -hmm, and more. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I don't have the solution, but I, mm -hmm. I think it's, it is important for parents to recognize because I know, Ashley, you and I probably grew up eating some of this stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I know I did. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents would go to Costco, boxes of cereal. You know, we didn't know back in the, in the 90s and things sure. that these foods were very unhealthy. But using that as an excuse to not sort of cause that temporary distress in your kids a little bit. Sure. To cause them to... You know, say, hey, look, no, we're not going to eat that. Today we're going to eat this. And and there is resistance mm -hmm. with kids, you know, because all of their friends are eating Oreos and Pop-Tarts and Cheez-Its. And so you need to just in increase their physical activity as well and get mm -hmm. them outdoors and have them have goals when it comes to fitness. Um, you know, my daughter, for example, she can do like four sets of five pull-ups. And yeah. so I'm like, Nez, you, she wants to get to 10 pull-ups. How old I'm is like, she? She's 10. Okay. Yeah. That's right around my age so like, for my boys, so. You know, I'm like, we're not going to get to 10 pull-ups eating Pop-Tarts and cheese its mm. nest. we got to eat the whole real food, you know? Mm. And so being the inspiration in that way as well. Mm. So it's not just about the food. It's integrating some of the fitness elements mm. of it, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I wish I had the perfect solution, but I think, honestly, just the engagement and having them be part of it help make the decisions as well when yeah. it comes to the grocery store shopping. Yeah, and it sounds like you let them do a lot of, like, self-exploring you know and they're basically they're teaching their se themselves by by being involved and um by learning and of course like by watching by example do you think that um this era that we're in um i mean it's like it's 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 a huge sickness that we have um do you think it's due to um uh, people just don't care uh, is because they're uneducated about what the processed foods and like what it's really doing to us. Why, like, why do you think is it because it's just the easy button and, and that's our society now? Like, we don't care. We just want to, you know, is it because we're, you know, selfish and we want to enjoy those, you know, flavors and the, you know, eating all of that. What is it, you know, and from your research and um, your education, everything that you that you've that you have. What do you think is going on and how as a society, how do you think it's going to change or is it ever going to change? Are we on a downhill slide of just new diseases popping up, big pharma taking over, the easy answer of just medicate, medicate? Well, I'd love to hear your opinion and, and your approach and like what everybody can do as individuals to make it better. 
This is the the million dollar question. I, I really don't know um, because there's so much talk about uh, we have to protect our kids from, say, you know, gun violence mm -hmm. in schools or keep them home from COVID-19 and mask the kids and whatever. But then the schools are feeding children the worst of the worst foods. Sure. Um, you know, for example, there's this uh, Kellogg's Home Away. So Kellogg's is a big, you know, a processed food manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And this is what is going into children's school lunches. And it's literally, you know, um, fried fish sticks, um, you know, blueberry uh, muffins and stuff, just loads of sugar. So I, I think it comes down to we want immediate gratification as humans and we don't want to mm -hmm. put in the effort. You know, if you look at like what's what's a popular drug right now for weight loss, it's uh, semi-glutide. So this has been a diabetic drug that's been used for a very long time. And so this allows people to kind of eat whatever they want. They inject this drug and it's supposed to, you know, quell hunger. Uh, it costs $1,200 a month. I mean, imagine wow. what you could do. $1,200 a month with personal training, with a gym membership, with a personal chef. Yeah. I mean, you could do wow. all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but people just want, they want to take the, the easy, drug, yeah. the quick fix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think it comes down to people need to, life is just so easy. And so we just want these these quick fixes and we need to get out of that mindset. So you know, the, the struggle that um, is created through fitness and through periodic fasting and through, um, I don't know, just hardship in life. Mm -hmm. And I think the people that find fitness and health through that realize that it does take work. It takes discipline. It takes sacrifice and moving away from this quick fix culture. So, yeah, I, I don't know the solution, but I think we just need to um, for all of us who who understand it, be mm -hmm. the role models mm -hmm. and yeah. and uh, you know help inspire other people. You know, for mm -hmm. example, I mentioned my ten year old. You know, she goes to public school. We bike every day, mm -hmm. whether it's raining, it's cold, whatever. And I see these parents who live much closer to the school than I do, and they drive in their Teslas and their <laughs> their you know Porsches and stuff, mm -hmm. and just drive right into the garage. And and I'm like, Nez, you you know, this is why we. We bike. This mm -hmm. is why we hike. This mm -hmm. is why we camp. This is why we get outdoors because, you know, that that struggle helps you sort of realize that in order to achieve anything in life, mm -hmm. whether it's getting good at playing the piano or learning how to be better at math, being a good presenter, owning your business, you know, that takes a, a challenge. And so this idea that we can achieve anything with these, these quick fix solutions, it's just really not sustainable it's mm -hmm. not realistic and mm -hmm. so trying to instill those values in your children and your family i think is is probably the best thing but yeah i i don't know ashley it, it's really weird because you know um on the one hand you know it seems like um uh, the powers that be want everyone to be so healthy and all this but yet we're we're subsidizing all of these commodity crops that go into these really low nutrient um really unhealthy foods sure. and they're easily accessible um, and the trends are trending in the wrong direction. I mentioned about 54% of the calories that adults eat come from ultra processed foods. The number is even worse for children. It's about yeah. 65%. And mm. this was actually NPR reported on this last fall. Mm. And so we're seeing now diseases in children that historically have They've never, never been. existed. Wow. Yeah. You know, even... The American Academy of Pediatrics is now recommending bariatric surgery for children <laughs> as young as 12 years old. So this used to be a procedure that we would do for morbidly obese adults. We're now recommending this for children. There's a hospital, um, various hospitals have McDonald's. Uh, I mean, these are, I should say, various hospitals have, it, it, You let's say you go in and, and you, um, 
get in a car accident, you break your arm or something, and, and the hospital feeds you, you know, it's mm-hmm. orange juice, it's white bread, mm-hmm. uh, the worst of the worst. But even in children's specialty hospitals for treating pediatric cancer, mm. uh, many of these hospitals have a McDonald's mm. in the actual hospital. <clears throat> yeah, because they, they think that's what's going to bring the, the kid joy and happiness if they see the McDonald's yeah. sign hanging above. Yeah, <clears throat> that's crazy. It seems like we have it definitely backwards. Um Excuse me. I want to talk about, so you're, you wrote, um, belly fat effect, uh, the real secret about how your diet intestinal health, uh, and gut bacteria can help you burn fat. Um, there has been, I know there's been a lot of research that I have started reading about, or it's just been talked about a lot, a lot more about your gut health. Um, for the listeners who are like, I've heard gut health too. Can you kind of explain in layman terms, really what is our gut health and what are some like important things that we can take every day to help with our gut health? Yeah. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's a very important question. Mm -hmm. Just to back up a little bit, I mentioned bariatric surgery, you know, is being recommended for children. Well, why does bariatric surgery actually work in terms of helping with weight loss? A lot of people think it's just restricting how much food, how much food you can actually eat. But a main mechanism of action um, through the procedure, and I'm not endorsing the procedure, just sort of talking about how it works, it actually changes the way your gut hormones interact with your systemic metabolism. So when you think about eating, when you're chewing food, when you're swallowing food, there's a lot of hormones that are released from your actual gut uh, mm. intestinal cells that then tell the body how to better processed, process the food that you're eating in the post-meal window so that, you know, you don't have blood sugar irregularities or cravings. And so it turns out that your gut is sending all these messages and within your intestines, you have trillions of bacteria. And these bacteria are really a forgotten organ, meaning that, you know, we talk about muscle, the liver, the pancreas, the brain. These are all organs Mm -hmm. that are well, well characterized in medicine and health. But our gut microbiome plays a major role in detoxification, uh, in metabolism, uh, in creating neurotransmitters that help us feel better. And so if we just think about ways that we can optimize both these gut hormones from our our gut cells itself, and then also eating foods that are good for these gut bacteria. And it turns out that eating whole real foods that have Mm. Uh, various colors, for example, blueberries have been known to have antioxidants, mm-hmm. but those antioxidants and polyphenolic compounds in blueberries, for example, help facilitate diversity of the gut microbiome. So um, basically, it's, wow, it's that's kind of just twofold. like, let me ask you this. So if I take reds and greens every day, am I am I good? If I take a that's, reds and then like a greens, can that help with like the gut health and like all the micro everything 
gut bacteria. Mm. That's a great start, actually. So yeah, colors are really good. Uh, unprocessed, just whole real foods. Mm. So sweet potatoes. Uh, think about, okay, well, should I eat brown rice or, or white rice? Actually have black rice. So oh. there's... um. And so this has been this has been grown in China, used in China for a long time. Black so the, rice. The black, it ha yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, a dollar or two or more per bag or whatever. Uh -huh. I think the investment is worth it. Um, and then one of my favorites, and this is very I'm simple. Write that and down. Go, I'm going to take notes, everybody. Everybody, get their pens out. Take notes. <laughs> um, fermented foods. Uh -huh. So if you go to Asia, um, especially. Korea, South Korea. I have um, I, I've been out invited out there to give talks and things like that. Um, integrative medicine is is big in South Korea. Before and after every meal, kimchi is served, and so uh -huh. fermented foods. And this is something that humans would have to do. For example, you know, you take away refrigeration, you go back, rewind the mm -hmm. clock three hundred years, um, and you you have this garden. You know, for example, in your in your on your homestead. How would you preserve those vegetables that you grew all summer long? Well, you would ferment mm -hmm, them. You mm -hmm. would can them. You would preserve them. And that process, uh, in so doing, helps create different beneficial bacteria mm. and actually helps break down those vegetables and make them more digestible for, for you. So it, it, it's like a you know multifold uh, benefit. So fermented foods, and there's all these... Um, simple ways to do this. I mean, there's little kits on Amazon for 25 bucks where you can get mason jars, so you can get a little screw top with a little lid and mm -hmm. start fermenting your vegetables. We've yeah. been doing that. Super simple. You save money. And again, this is another way to get the kids involved. You take, you know, uh, carrots, you take beets, you can take a little Napa cabbage, cut it up, soak it, put some salt in it, put it in a mason jar. And that's a, a and I think one of the easiest ways to support gut health mm -hmm. as well. Of course, some people that haven't had pickled or fermented foods, they might think it tastes sour or different at first. Sure. But this is a great way to support gut health. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, honestly, one of the easiest ways, in addition to having greens and reds, like mm. you mentioned. Mm. What about probiotics? Are they beneficial? Um, do you recommend them? Yeah, I do. Are some better are... than the other? I can assume there's like better quality want, uh, probiotics than others. What should um, the listeners that are you know interested in that, what are some good probiotics that you recommend or what are some key things that we should look for in probiotics? Yeah, so you want to look for um, in the probiotics, you want to make sure that they have sufficient quantity. So okay. sometimes you'll see millions of strains and that sounds like, oh, wow, that's, that's a lot. But really you want billions. Mm -hmm. So like 30 billion, 50 billion. You want to make sure that it's freeze dried okay. or delivered in a nitrogen purge blister pack mm -hmm. because probiotics are very sensitive to moisture and oxygen. But, you know, like I said, I think if people can just start eating more fermented foods, mm -hmm. maybe they don't need to take probiotics. But people who have had a history of taking a lot of antibiotics, like, you know, a lot of people when they were when they were a child, maybe they weren't breastfed, maybe they were given antibiotics for recurrent ear infections. Um, for people that um, were delivered via C-section as opposed to natural vaginal birthing, these are all folks that might benefit mostly from uh, taking probiotics or especially if, if someone has to go on a course of antibiotics. Uh -huh. Like let's say, you you know, for example, I, I do like home projects, construction, I'm, I step on nails and stuff like that all the time and I got a foot infection. So around- You do? And, and I, this is like, you I, do? You do all the, your home projects? This is like actually- well, so I built this- I built a sauna in the in my backyard that has a wood fired stove instead of electric stove. Oh, because you didn't want the electric. Uh, it's well, it's just this is how 
people have been doing it in Finland and, and uh-huh. Russia forever. Mm. Um, electric stoves, I mean, all saunas are great. Sure, but you wanted the, but the, the burning the burning sauna. The woods, yeah. Yeah, it gets up to 220 degrees. It's like nice. Hot, it's super hot and pour water on the rocks and it, it's amazing. But in that process, I stepped on a, this rusty old screw and um, I thought, oh, oh, my foot will be fine. Like it's no big deal. And then I started to get these, um, when you get staph infections, mm-hmm. it starts to run up your legs, these mm-hmm. red streaks. And so- um, as here, we're kind of picking on Western medicine, but Western medicine is great for acute issues. Yes, like yes. without antibiotics, we would be screwed. Sure. So I had to take some Keflex and some antibiotics, but, um, so that's when I was loading up on the probiotics. I mean, I was taking about, um, like in terms of the, qual- what, what, how they enumerate that the potency is, mm-hmm. uh, qual- uh, um, colony forming unit CFU. So I was taking about a hundred, uh, billion CFUs wow. per day. So it was like three capsules of 30 billion um, with food. And so that really helps prevent like the antibiotic associated diarrhea and all that. And then the infection was gone in two days, but yeah. So anyway, who should benefit from probiotics? Um, people that again, haven't been birthed, uh, naturally that had a C-section, they were given a lot of antibiotics as a child or had recurrent, uh, infections and and things like that, that can be very helpful. Mm. Or when you're traveling too, like if you go to Mexico, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. there's a probiotic yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. And that can be very effective for traveler's diarrhea. Mm. This is actually used in France. Um, and that's where it was derived from for anyone who has diarrhea or is taking an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. So the probiotic yeast, again, Saccharomyces boulardii is a really good one. But what to look for? You want to look for bifidobacterium on a probiotic. A lot. There's nothing wrong with lactobacilli, but... Most of the research shows that humans are are generally deficient in bifidobacterium related strains. So that's what I look for in a probiotic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, if you had a microphone right now to basically be able to reach everyone, you know, in Western medicine, what what would be your um, your message um, of urgency of things that like need to be changed immediately in our culture? Yeah, great question. I, I think if everyone had a, an at-home glucose meter, and these uh-huh. are available at Walgreens, Rite Aid, uh, CVS, any drugstore, um, and most people think, oh, only people with diabetes need to get the glucose monitor. I think if more people knew about their blood glucose levels, they would make better decisions <clears throat> about their diet and their exercise. Mm-hmm. And so that $29 investment in a glucose meter is is just huge because... Um, people go to the doctor once a year, they get their annual physical and some rudimentary blood work and their doctor says, well, everything's good. We'll mm-hmm. see you in 18 months. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are on some trend of prediabetes or, or, or metabolic health mm-hmm. uh, challenges. And, and once people realize like, wow, if I just take a 10 minute walk after I eat dinner, I can drop my glucose 40 points. Mm. And then that helps. I think as Westerners, we need this objective feedback. Sure. Right? Um, and so that is just a, a very simple tool. And, you know, once I started testing my glucose, you know, back in 2015, I, I really started to change. Like, you know, you go in an ice bath or you go do a HIIT workout, you go in the sauna, all these things favorably improve your blood sugar mm-hmm. metabolism. And I think that's a good uh, entry point to people to better understand, you know, how lifestyle and diet and stress management and sleep and all the nutritional factors can influence health because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about the diet. It's also 
like we, you know, exercise. It's also, you know, your relationships, your mm -hmm. stress management, your screen time. Um, all these things really do influence your overall health. And yeah, I think also, I think the, the second thing is people need to look into the future and mm. realize that, you know, we're all going to get old at some point mm -hmm. and you don't want to have memory loss. You don't want to be a burden to your children and be in a memory center or have congestive heart failure. And so your choices now dramatically influence the trajectory of how you age. Mm -hmm. And if, if we want to age gracefully and be around for our kids and our grandkids and not be dependent upon all these medications and surgeries and be unable to travel, you know, I have uh, family members who just can't travel because mm -hmm. they have osteoarthritis because they never exercised mm -hmm. or they're overweight or they're high, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so we work our entire lives and save up all this money so we can enjoy life. But then those last 20 years, people are not enjoying their lives because right. they're on five, six medications. They have to go to the doctor and mm. they have to get travel insurance because they're scared if they get in, hurt in another country or sick in another country. You know, it's just yeah, like, right, right. come on, let's focus when all on this, this now. All this can be prevented now if they just take take the step now. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, you have a very, um, very interesting and a wise outlook on, on just the philosophies and everything. I want to talk about specifically about your diet. Um, you, do you do fasting? Do you fast? Cause I've, I've also like, I've done keto. I've done paleo. I was really big into fasting. I actually loved fasting. Um, I want to talk about, I want to kind of want to talk about your philosophy and why you like fasting. And do you recommend other people, uh, to fast? Cause whenever I was fasting, I know I got a lot of people, they wanted to also fast. And I'm like, Hey, like fasting is not for everybody. It really depends on just like your activity level. Like, um, so I want to talk about that, your philosophy on it and, and why can people benefit from fasting and why do you yeah. like it? You know, honestly, for brain health, I find mm -hmm. that when I do, say, just a 24-hour fast, just once a week, like, I'll usually do it on Mondays, which are my busiest day of the week. Um, I find I'm just much more clear-headed and I don't have to worry about, I mean, I love meal prep. I love eating. Everyone loves food, but it is a nice break from that. And I think part of it, going back to the, the cultural influences, you know, every birthday, every holiday, it's all centered around food. And so a lot of us have, um, you know, a... a not good relationship with food. We self-medicate with food. We use to eat food when we're bored. And so by fasting, you help to really sort of restructure your relationship mm -hmm. about food and recognize what true hunger is like physiologic hunger versus emotional hunger mm -hmm. or boredom mm -hmm. hunger. Mm -hmm. And so I think fasting is a great tool for, for that. Um, can you overdo fasting? Absolutely. But I think most people, it really depends on their body fat and their activity level. Um, and I encourage people, even if they're overweight, uh, you get much more benefits from fasting if you also regularly exercise. Mm. And so that data has been been shown there. And so for people that are physically fit and are trying to build muscle, uh, it's not really fasting is not going to help you build muscle. It's more for uh, helping for body fat reduction and uh, metabolic health and mental health mm -hmm. and possibly preventing cancer. So for people that have a strong family history of heart disease, cancer, or autoimmune disease, uh, and also neurodegenerative uh, diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's, <clears throat> I think fasting can be particularly helpful. Mm. So what does that look like? You know, uh, a 24-hour fast once a week is, is just a good you know, reset. Uh, I think the idea that humans would always have access to food 24-7, it's not really realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, there will be times where, you know... You, 
back in the day yeah yeah like back in the day you had to go you didn't always have access to food yeah so i think it's it's and speaking of the gut bacteria and gut hormones and stuff it going back to how gut health impacts body composition and metabolism um fasting has been shown to improve gut health Mm. and and the gut bacteria um but another just simple starting place for most people if they've never done any fasting just just compressing your feeding window mm-hmm. into say an eight hour so fast for 16 hours a day and, and eat in an eight hour window and try to eat earlier and start your fast earlier mm. and so um that's generally what i'll do is is you know like i it's what uh, almost 11 o'clock here pacific standard time haven't had any food yet mm. had some coffee this morning bike my daughter to school took the dogs for a walk and then after this i'll have my first meal mm. and then i'll stop eating around 7 p.m so just compressing the window in in time that we eat and various studies have actually shown that even athletic people and athletes that are training they don't lose muscle mass Mm -hmm. it helps keep body fat off and it may reduce inflammation so i think that's another yeah i actually i actually i'm an extremely muscular female um all natural and whenever i was fasting like i actually never lost any of my muscle mass i stayed extremely muscular um yeah, I just liked it for the clarity of my mind, honestly, whenever I was doing it. And plus, I'm so busy, I didn't want to think about food. And I knew, again, like the choices that I would make if I was like, oh, I'll just eat, you know, whatever. I wanted to make sure that I was eating the good quality food. Um, my other question that I wanted to ask you, whenever you eat, um, <clears throat> talk about like the quality of the food. Have you found that because um, the foods that you're eating, they're more nutritious, nutritious, uh, nutritiously dense. Do you find that you don't need as much or that you need fewer calories because of the food that you're consuming is a higher quality compared to like the processed foods? And I know we talk about like, it's kind of like an addiction. Like you just want to keep eating more and more and like, oh, I'll have another bowl. Um, but do you, do you think because of the, the food that you're eating is so rich and it's, it's, uh, truly whole foods that you don't need as much because I can also assume that way back in the day they probably we all know our portion size have continued to grow but realistically like if they were actually growing from the earth their crops everything was used the you know recycling with the manure and um, the compost do you think that we need as much food as we're actually eating as humans that's a great question um yeah I find that I definitely can get more get away there the mileage is better with healthy whole real foods and mm. you don't have those cravings because they're more satiating sure. uh, and you know for example if you eat a ribeye steak and have some liver and some egg yolks and things this is not something you wolf down uh in three minutes like it takes time you got to cut it you got to prepare it um and you have to chew it mm-hmm. and, and chewing your food actually helps improve satiation digestion blood sugar response um so yeah i do find that i don't generally eat as much calories as Someone might um, think yeah, I'm 190 pounds, about 12% body fat. So, yeah, I, I do think there there definitely is something there. Um, and I haven't, you know, actually tracked my macros since 2003, so I don't even know how many calories I'm <laughs> eating. But I do, I do find that, um, you know, even on, you know, when I'm out in the backcountry, sometimes I'll, I'll go out on hunting trips and things like that. And some days I'm only having like 1,200 calories, mm-hmm. and I, I feel satiated because mm-hmm. I'm you know, um, freeze drying my food or dehydrating it and, and stuff. So I do think there definitely is something there, but you don't have, when you start to eat more whole row foods, you don't have the cravings and the impulses and the blood sugar crashes and that feeling of being hangry that you do when you're eating these hyper palatable 
you know, ultra processed junk foods that sure. most people are eating. So sure. I think that's the the good <clears throat> sort of incentive to um, shift to more uh, whole real foods, you know, mm-hmm. sweet potatoes, root, uh, root vegetables, meats, uh, egg yolks, not just having the egg white, but the whole egg, uh, liver, organ meats, all of that are very helpful and very filling. And you don't feel that you need to have six meals a day, right? Mm-hmm. You could have two hearty meals and be totally fine and mm-hmm. still put on muscle, still have the energy to run your business, be a, you know, engaged in your family and exercise. Mm-hmm. So you, you do quite a bit to like, you know, you're, you're, you have, you're very interesting and you have, um, a lot, a lot to offer people. Um, I know that you do consulting, uh, you have your own podcast <clears throat> and you have e-courses, um, how can people find these or if they, if they want more, if they want to learn more from you? Um, I also know that you have your supplement, your supplement company um, that you can just help provide quality formulas to optimize your health. Can you talk about some of those things and how people can reach out to you and some of your courses that you have or everything else that you offer? Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I think is helpful for people, we have this blood work masterclass. So if mm. people want to take their health to the next level and really personalize things. Would you say this is the can. first step, like getting your blood work done to know even where you're at, I guess, hormonally? I mean, we've been talking about all this, but you probably need to know like what your, you know, all your levels are. Um, would this be the first step? I think so. I really do, Ashley, especially for people that uh, have an occupational exposure, uh, you know, to say lead or mercury or uh, things like that. It, it, and a lot of men actually have iron overload and they mm-hmm. don't know it and have thick, viscous blood. This is the most common thing that I found in athletic men. Um, uh, some men have borderline sleep apnea and mm-hmm. you can see that in the blood work. So it, yeah, this is a very simple thing. I mean, and this is not expensive too. There's, there's all these boutique labs that are advertising on Instagram and social media, $1,200. You can do a great blood panel for about $199. Oh. And, 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 um, and include things that most doctors actually don't include, like your various liver enzymes, uh, looking at ferritin. And, and so it, all these things might sound novel or unique or like people are like, wow, what what are these biomarkers? And so we break that down and make it super simple for folks. So that's a really good thing. And then I actually just have a free blood work cheat sheet at, on my website, highintensityhealth.com. You just print that out, go to the doctor, say, hey, these are the biomarkers that I want. Mm. Uh, nothing is esoteric or weird. You can get it at LabCorp, Quest, which are the major commercial uh, labs. At, yeah, pretty much in every city, you can get your blood drawn um, and send it to your doctor. Because most of the doctors get custom, you know, med- medicine is routine. Mm-hmm. So doctors are used to ordering these labs and those labs only, but sometimes they omit really important things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great step. Um, you know, I have the YouTube channel and all that. Uh, and then also you mentioned myoscience. So, yeah. uh, I was in sales for 16 years, uh, selling other people's products to doctors and decided that, you know what, there's some formulas out there that if we can combine some different things like creatine with electrolytes to mm-hmm. enhance the absorption of the creatine, um, we do a wow. bunch of unique things over at myoscience as well. That's really cool. So where can people learn, <clears throat> excuse me, like if I want to hear more of like your lectures and, and things that you talk about and stuff like you know, putting uh, creatine with electrolytes for better absorption. Um, where can we find all that information out and where can we find more of you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, high intensity health on YouTube. So we, we publish videos all the time on YouTube. And then you mentioned uh, Instagram, Metabolic Mike. Uh, my Instagram is mostly like memes and sarcasm, but I do info, I do you know, content there sure, as well. Sure, sure. Um, and then the website, highintensityhealth.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I have one more final question for you. Um, sure. You've, you've, 
Um, you've achieved a lot so far in your young years of only 40. You have a lot left to be able to um, help and to be able to, you know, be a part of just this movement of uh, a better breakthrough in like our nutrition. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I want to just inspire my mm. daughter to mm. be a healthy version, the healthiest version of herself. Sure. It, 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 not just metabolic health and all that, but be able to communicate and inspire uh, other people. Mm. I, I really worry about the future of our of our children. You know, mental health crisis. So many children now, 30% are uh, have gender dysphoria and are getting on puberty blockers and all this stuff. So I, I really think that... Um, I worry about the future for mm -hmm, sure because mm -hmm. the the metabolic health issues and, and the the amount of children that are on ADHD medicines, basically stimulants, mm -hmm. uh, as well as psychotropic uh, medicines, SSRIs, and this like it's staggering. So, mm -hmm. uh, being able to uh, leave this planet knowing that I influence at least mm -hmm. one human that can mm -hmm. then carry on the message <clears throat> and the legacy that like healthy whole real foods and exercise and sleep and walking after meals and getting out off screens in the backcountry, camping and hiking like that is uh what makes us fulfilled hu healthy happy humans sure. so yeah yeah that's a legacy that i that i hope to leave and and help inspire other people to um raise healthy kids as yeah. well i love that do you are you do you have any projects that you're working on right now any anything else coming up soon that you can share yeah, I'm working on a new book. So mm. Belly Fat Effect that you mentioned, um, I wrote that in 2012. And and so now just a, another book uh, about metabolic health mm. that doesn't specifically focus on the gut, but more on the, along the lines that we've been talking about, uh, eating whole real foods and, and fasting protocols and exercise. You know, I think a lot of people, I mean, I know you're big into resistance training, but mm -hmm. a, a lot of women are scared of resistance training. They don't realize the importance of muscle as it relates to longevity and hormonal health and you know, I see so many people still slogging out cardio on the on the mm -hmm. elliptical um, in the gym and, and not squatting or, or doing high intensity interval training. So, um, kind of helping people to refocus on um, the exercise modalities that are really effective for uh, mental health, for healthy uh, aging, uh, and then also um, vitality. So, sure, yeah. So that's coming out later this summer. Awesome. Well, congratulations, early congratulations. And where can people find this? book at on your website is it going to be available Web where yeah website then amazon okay um yeah awesome awesome man thank you so much for coming on today um i really think we can do another podcast and like even sure. dive deeper into uh female specific topics i think that i know that my audience would really love that um especially when it comes to just the longevity and uh there are a lot of athletes that listen to this podcast too so i know that you are reaching a lot of people and there's no doubt that you are changing the lives in the way that we think so i appreciate you and and everything that you are doing and the sacrifices that you have made uh, for health and nutrition. And um, thank you. My pleasure. Thank All you, right. Ashley. Okay. Love what you do as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much listening to the Reborn podcast um, with Ironclad. My name is Ashley Horner. I will catch you guys next week. Bye. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die? Would you compromise or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky if you don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we still unbreakable.